0: Most buyers are really looking for that history of the business. Everybody's gonna Google the business, but but what we want in interviewing the seller is to really understand how that business started, the kind of the growth, how did they get where they are now, and why are they wanting to sell?
1: Welcome back to the Apex Business Advisors podcast. As always, I'm Andy Cavanaugh and joined, per usual, President of Apex, Doug Hubler. Doug, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for
0: having me again.
1: Well, you know, as co-host, it's kind of required. (laughs) Uh, So today, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the listing process. If you remember a few episodes before we had Valerie in and talked about the success story, we talked about tidying up your business and readying for sale, and that process can take years. So we're going to fast forward to assume that somebody has agreed to work with us and uh, we have signed the engagement agreement and we are ready to list the business and whether that's what it's, we're going to talk right, about. Right.
0: Whether it was a short-term conversation or a long-term conversation, like you mentioned, somebody may have planned for it or maybe they just called up and said, I want to sell on Monday. So... Here we are, it's Monday. Yeah, it's Okay. It's <laughs> let's Monday. Go.
1: Let's start let's start the, the listing process. Yeah. So
0: the engagement agreement really just kind of lays out our, you know, the time involved, the time requirement, fee structure, and moves on to when when does this start and get some basic information from the business. It is going to lay out how we get paid, basically, and under what circumstances and that's pretty much it. It's pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah, and in our business, there's a few different types of engagement agreements. We only do an exclusive engagement. Right,
0: right. And most uh, most people in our industry do only do exclusive, and there are really good reasons for that. Big one is, you know, it's uh, confidential. We're not putting up signs, billboards, here's who's for sale, and we focus on that confidentiality. We're only going to work with certain buyers, certain qualified folks. So it has to be exclusive. Yeah. Sometimes what I'll get is somebody will, and
1: I actually had this happen last week. Somebody sent the, the engagement agreement in and said, well, I've got these three people
0: Mm. that
1: are going, that, you know, I'm, I'm currently engaged with and that I'm talking to about buying the business. And, you know, generally what I say, and as we get into what was involved in the listing, I generally tell these people, well, give them two weeks 30 days to make a decision, you know, tell them that you're getting ready to work with a broker and that, you know, within the next two weeks, and if they're interested, make an offer, make a move, right, right. you know, make a decision one way or another. Uh, but I also put that caveat of, I'm not going to pull together any documentation or start working on any of the marketing materials or anything like that until you clear Oh, absolutely. Clear out those exclusions.
0: Right, right. Because it, it's there's a lot of work involved on our side to get that business to market. So, if they've got folks interested, it is better for them to go ahead and play that out, see if they're serious, give them a time frame, and then and then we can start. That that makes sense.
1: And the start of our engagement is we we gather a lot of documentation. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason why we do that is that it is we know that it's going to be asked for during due diligence, the banks are going to request it. Really, anyone that's buying the business is going to want to see these few pieces of key information.
0: You know, early on, I think, when, uh, you know, over 20 years ago, as we were kind of learning the business and we were, you know, you kind of start out getting what you can and going to market. And you find out very quickly, you get egg on your face if you've priced a business based on half the information. And then when you get into due diligence or banks asking for information, you find out that what you were promoting wasn't accurate. So we learned a long time ago that we really have to have three years of tax returns and we have to have backup financial statements and and more and more. Because we're going to market that and we're going to be coming up with a, a price for the business. So documentation is critical for that.
1: And we have to validate and justify that price, right? Which we use a tax return mm-hmm. as the primary as the basis, driver, yeah, right, along with P and L balance sheets as the backup, right. for those, right?
0: Yeah, the P and Ls are nice because they do tend to get into more detail on the revenues and expenses versus the tax returns, more you know, general.
1: And we gather those financials so that we can create a cash flow statement that is going to provide and show the true economic benefit of yeah. the owner. What are some things that we would see in in that type of cash flow statement?
0: In, in the cash flow statement, too, it's important to know that we're we're really going to rely on the business owner and their accountant to validate that information. is all we can go off on are, are things like depreciation, interest expense, some things that we are able to add back into what we'd call owner benefit. To show the true cash flow in the business, you know, you get a lot of a lot of folks who have been very creative with their financial statements or expenses they're running through the business. So the things that we're going to ask about are what are the what kind of personal expenses are they running through the business? We need to put that down on the cash flow statement.
1: My my favorite was the guy that was running his uh, his dog's vet visits. Oh, as yeah.
0: security expense as security
1: and makes sense. Then the Dog passed away because apparently there's no cure for <laughs> leukemia. Okay, oh and, and he, that was an expensive one. And yes, it was. And he couldn't bear to go buy another dog to protect his goods, and so he uh, <laughs> went out and procured yeah. himself quite a few handguns. And uh-huh. uh, and that is him going to the gun range on. now.
0: On and on. There are some. There are some great stories on on what people feel are are business expenses. Uh, Boats, lake houses for for company retreats, you know, things like that. And we are not the IRS, so we're not going to admonish folks for that, but we are gonna record it so a buyer knows that that may not be an expense they have to incur.
1: And that's what we're looking for. What are those expenses that are reported on the business that are not necessary to run the business? But when we get into the lending process, having too many of those it creates a gap that makes the business unbankable. Banks
0: banks especially are gonna be pretty leery about excessive adbacks. And it doesn't it doesn't put the business or the business owners in a good light. There are judgments, you know, people make on that and uh, banks being one that are going to look pretty critical at excessive ad backs.
1: So we get to the cash flow. The importance of the cash flow is because that's where we're going to make the multiplier that the business has had. And we've Mm -hmm. talked about multipliers in the past, but that's the importance of that cash flow. And that's the reason why we need those P&Ls and Mm -hmm. those tax returns to create that cash flow sheet, show that economic benefit of the owner, one owner's Mm -hmm. uh, salary, and then that allows us to price the business.
0: Beyond that, once let's say we've come to an agreement on the price, we've got a seller disclosure statement for them to fill out, and that kind of gets into some of the just basic documentation about what licenses are necessary for the business. Kind of a list that they can show to a buyer. Here are some things to prepare for with the business. If you if you want this business, here are things that you need to be aware of. Could but, be yeah, it could be things too like uh, lawsuits uh, in the past or or outstanding or are there is there a customer that they may be losing? So those are things that. Material items that should be disclosed to a buyer. We want the seller to disclose it and be upfront.
1: And so the next thing that we do after we've got that seller's disclosure is we'll have an interview with them, a questionnaire mm-hmm. where we mm-hmm. ask them about their business. And what is included in that is going to be really helps us to write the. Confidential business review that we've talked about right, in the past. It's right. the marketing material.
0: Yeah, and, and most buyers are really looking for that history of the business. Everybody's going to Google the business, but but what we want in interviewing the seller is to really understand how that business started, the kind of the growth, how did they get where they are now, and why are they wanting to sell? So we're it's the whole gamut, all those years we want to cover and really understand because a buyer's going to be calling you and want to know about the business, and we need to be as informed as possible as about as many of the facets as, as possible in the business.
1: Yeah, and so we don't want to get a buyer in front of the seller that is either unqualified or we know is not going to be a fit because they're averse to certain things that may right. be within that seller's disclosure, which we don't give to the buyer until after an offer has been
0: Right, agreed well, upon and accepted. And we also don't want to be surprised in a buyer-seller meeting that the, that there was something about the business that we didn't know. That's a big surprise. We're shocked. Um, so we kind of want to know what we're going into. We want to help answer questions. And if the and if the buyer's not asking questions, we're we can help. We can kind of prompt them.
1: And the listing process culminates with that CBR. You know, a few other documents that are always helpful is do they have an asset list? If they have a lease, what's that look like? Anything else you can think of that we try to gather as part of this document gathering phase?
0: We do like to, you know, if possible, get a list of equipment. Uh, you know, what are the assets that are going with the business?
1: What are the assets that are not going with the business And what as assets well? are
0: not going with the business? You know, especially personal items. Somebody's been writing off their Cadillac through the business. Well, that's still their personal vehicle, so that's going to be going with the seller. Or inventory that's not sellable. I mean, those are things also that that need to be disclosed and listed and maybe just sold separately from the business.
1: Any final thoughts on the listing process from your perspective?
0: I think, you know, the business owners need to understand that this is not necessarily, you know, sign the document and it's on the market tomorrow. It takes us some time to put all this together, put the marketing materials together. It's going to go out on several websites besides our own and we need to have it done in a way that's going to attract buyers get the calls or get the emails in in a way that's still confidential and that it's going to prompt activity that's the goal and and that can't be rushed and i know that business owners sometimes are like okay i've put it on the market i've signed the documents i'm ready to sell tomorrow and that's part of why we like people to plan ahead too. Because if they call and say, I want to sell on Monday, we may have some issues. So we need to set some expectations on how this how this is going to go.
1: Yeah. And that brings up a good point because, you know, part of the, I guess the, the biggest tip that we can, we can give to somebody is if you're not going to plan, if it's not going to be a, a one, two, three, five-year process and you want to sell tomorrow, make sure that you have access to your documentation, that you have access to your tax returns and right, you have access right. to your PL. right and you know there there might be a trade off that that l may not be as clean as possible and some of those add backs mm-hmm. that the owner is expecting to to take well that's a personal item we may not be able to add that back
0: and those those some that could be a whole another podcast on talking about some of those things bring just
1: <laughs> bring our favorite add backs <laughs> right right
0: yeah <laughs> one of the things that sellers need to be aware of is once we have all this documentation, we also need to keep up on it. It's going to take nine months to a year to sell many businesses. They have to be able to update financial statements as we go along. So if I would bring a buyer to your seller and ask for updated financial statements, and it takes them a month to get new financial statements, all of a sudden that buyer's most likely gone. They're looking at other deals then, because then now they're concerned about what's the information I'm being presented? Why is it taking so long? So they start to doubt the information they receive.
1: Well, if you are looking at buying or selling a business best place we would send you would be the apex website there is so much information out there about buying a business how to sell a business obviously our active listings are out there how to get in touch with our team myself doug the rest of the team and then of course if it's and the open.
0: podcast
1: link and there's a podcast link oh out gosh. there that's so uh, that's your one-stop shop all right well you know if you're buying or selling a business we got you, know you where fam you go <laughs>